The podcast you are about to listen to is explicit and may not be suitable for children. Some content may be triggering and graphic. These stories are real. And as we all know, real can sometimes be hard to look at. However, it is necessary for healing and growth. Welcome to Stumbling Through Enlightenment. I'm Jason. And I am Lori. And I'm Edward. Every day we are working through our shit. And today we invite you to work through some of yours with us. Let me give you a quick rundown of what we're going to do in today's episode. The first part of the episode is where Ed, Lori, and I talk about what's going on in our day-to-day lives and where you'll be able to hear how we support each other's growth. During the second portion, Lori, Ed, and I will have a deep dive discussion topic ranging from self-awareness, metaphysics, mental health, personal discovery, and much more. During the third portion of the show, we're going to do a segment called Off the Rails. This is the funnier side of the podcast, where we talk about Lori's trippy dreams, top 10 lists, and all the weird and wild things we come up with along the way. Hey, everybody. How's everyone doing? Doing well. Doing well. <laughs> Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a it's been a really long while. Not for while. these people, yeah. right? It's but been a while, but yeah. for us, it's been a, it's been a little bit. Yes, it's been way long. Five weeks since we've gotten together and hung yeah. out. Yeah. So how is everybody? Like, I mean, you said you're doing well. Like, yeah. It's <laughs> I I've just been having fun. Awesome. I should not have this pen. <laughs> but yeah, we've been we've been having a lot of fun. We've been going out, we've been doing some kayaking, we've been um, lots of swimming, lots of just enjoying summer, <sighs> doing gardening, I trimmed all my plants yesterday so that they're all, they got the, all, the, all the legs shaved on them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, everything's, everything's been really nice the last couple of weeks. That's awesome. I feel like we've waited two years for this because last year we didn't have much of a summer. Right. Right. And so I've been sucking it up too. I've really been like, oh, it's summer. This is my time. Yeah. I love this. Yeah. Bring it on. Yeah. I just sit. I've been sitting underneath our our crab apple tree. I just sit there and suck it up you know like oh i wish this could last nine more months i really want this to last nine more months (laughs) oh it's so good the dog sits there with me we just shade ourselves and we have so many birds this year we always have a lot of birds yeah but i have so many this year yeah all the songs are different it's loud at my house with birds which i love it's so cool yeah, the more the more um, the milder the winters, the better the bird population becomes. It's just like it's it's actually the same exact thing as the rat population. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because there's so many more seeds out oh, there. Oh right. Yeah. That they're just anything that eats seeds is blowing up in population. Yeah. We know. I noticed that uh, we have downstairs on my back door to go outside. There, I've got a little nest, um, uh, robin's nest. Aww. And she has now had. I, I've heard of ha- them having like two, uh, you know, two groups of fledglings, whatever, two right. whatevers. Um, but she's up to three now, and I've never seen Aww. that before. So I don't know if it's it's because there's more food, like you were saying, or if it's just because it was an earlier spring. Uh, or what's going on, but but they, she's had she's had three groups of chicks at this point, which is crazy. That is <clears throat> wow. I would guess the length of spring and summer that we've had would cause that. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I had a little bird. As you guys know, we're doing the soffits on the roof. Yeah. Well, one of the little swallows that we have decided that would be an ideal spot to build a nest. (laughs) So we'd gotten down just so far, and then all of a sudden there's a bird there, her and her her boyfriend, you know. And they've built a nice nest, and I was like, all right, stop construction right (laughs) right now. So, but they don't stay long. Like, they, it's quick. They build their nest, they have their babies, and then they teach their babies to fly, and they go somewhere else. Right. 
So she's gone now and has been for, for a little bit. Oh, wow. But oh my gosh, I'd go out there at night and I'd talk to her. Mm. And she'd lift her little head. And then when she had the babies, I'd go out and I'd talk to them and you'd see the little tiny heads kind of peeking out over. That is and, the cutest. Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I love seeing the little babies. Uh-huh. That has been like the coolest thing for me here. So this is the first year that I've been here. And as you turn onto my road from the main road, we have the the great big, like, the plains. They have like these, these two great big fields. And uh, the I haven't seen swallows in years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, really? And and they're they're there. So like in the morning, sometimes when I'm driving, it's almost like that they're, you know, they say that when you're you know in a ship at sea and you're you're going, the dolphins will like crest yeah, the waves yeah, ahead yeah. of time. Yeah. It's like that. Sometimes in the morning when I'm driving through, they'll like they'll fly along <gasps> with the car, which is really freaking cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Um, so it's like in the morning, the little send off. But the other thing is, is I we have and I haven't been able to properly identify it, but it's I'm almost positive it's a falcon that a pair of falcons that will just they'll be on the lines on a regular basis it's too small to be a hawk and the markings that i can see make me believe that that's what it is that's cool but every time i stop to like take a picture of it as soon as i get out of the car it's gone and i've I've, like i've driven it driven by it and then tried to walk back nope gone (laughs) so um but they're they're beautiful and i've you know i've been watching them back and forth for a little bit but almost every time i come home they're they're there we have a porcupine. I haven't had, yeah, we haven't had one at the house since like uh, 2000, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the other morning, well, and the dog's been barking at night, and I'm like, because she likes to bark at animals. And I can't see out the window to tell what she's barking at. She right. can see it, I can't. But the other morning, Eddie goes, oh my God, come look at this. So there's this little porcupine wandering around the ad, and it's not a big oh. one. It's like it's a young it's porcupine, a and so we're looking at it, and it looks up, it looks right at both of us, and I'm like, oh, too cute, but <laughs> right, right, right. But uh, move along, little porcupine. Right. I have a dog. I've got goats. So I have to keep my eye right on Lavetta. Right. You know it's a myth that they shoot quills, right? No, I do. But I had yeah. once, the, the last time I had one in the yard, it slapped my blind dog. And I had to. Oh, yeah. They were in well, so deep. The dog's deep. nose got close to it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they were in so deep, I had to have them surgically removed. Like, he couldn't oh, just yeah. pull them. Yeah. She had to go I'm into surgery. I'm taking dogs and have had... them right through their eyeballs. Oh, oh my God. gosh. Yeah. Yeah, a friend yeah. of mine has a couple of pit bulls. Oh. That... Once the dog got the taste of the porcupine, uh, it becomes, um, well, one, it goes into like a blood frenzy. So that's why it ends up with so many quills. Uh-huh. Because it just keeps going even though it's hurting itself. Oh. But the other thing is, is that they're very attracted to the taste. So then they want more uh-huh. when they go back. And you don't remember pain as much as you remember pleasure. Right. Right? Oh. So they don't think about the quills. But yeah, this dog would come, it would it, it would look like it had a beard. Yeah. Oh my it would gosh. just, its mouth would be full. It uh. multiple times had had one right through the center of its eyeball once. It oh my God. All, you know, oh. just, I mean, everywhere. I remember John Meharn years ago, he was one of my dad's friends and a neighbor and he had a hunting dog, coon dog, I think. And that dog constantly, and he would say, every time I turn around, when is he gonna learn? Yeah, and apparently, and now the answer is this is never, why. Yeah. yeah, no, they don't. They yeah, don't. this 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 dog. I mean, I love it, but it, the place where she lives has a lot of porcupines, and literally every single time this dog is not in a contained area mm-hmm. outdoors, it comes back with these, of and course. the person that owns it is an older woman that barely can move. Right? Yeah. So I get the call at like 11.30 at night. They finally showed up, you know, uh, and so-and-so's yeah. got a beard full of like, so we've been doing that for years now with her. Wow. Yeah, yeah. But fortunately, it's not, like the last couple of summers, that hasn't been a big deal. That's crazy. I think my poor dog, when that happened, she was blind because she had had, um, years before that, she'd had pancreatitis really bad Mm -hmm. she'd get some chicken bones then she developed diabetes and then she went blind right so she was sniffing she could smell it 
and she couldn't see. She was out there with my son. They were doing chores together. Yeah. And he was in the barn. He never even saw the porcupine. Really? Yeah. So like it happened just so yeah. quick. She must have sniffed it. Might have been in near the barn or even under it, maybe. Yeah. And she got too close, and oh my, ah, uh, she got up close because it was they were in. Some of them were only sticking out, you know. Yeah. Not even a half an like they were just barely sticking wow. out. Well, and that's the thing. Like as a as a person, porcupines are one of the safest animals mm-hmm. to come across because they have a very clear radius. Yeah. If you get too close to them, they rarely will charge you. Yeah. Right. But typically, if they do, it's like a three-step charge. You yeah. Know? Like they don't actually come near you; they just start to move towards you. Right. right. Um. But it's funny that you said the pancreatitis thing because I had totally forgotten about this, and it fits perfect into this. Is we were talking about babies earlier, and my youngest had been hospitalized recently. Yes. Um, and he had pancreatitis, and his liver was uh, inflamed as well, uh, which there's a fancy word for that as well. I can't remember off the top yeah. of my head, but he had had a gallstone. Yeah. And it got yeah. stuck. So. The whole time we were at this children's hospital, outside the window, I even, I've got videos of it. We should all actually I'll upload them to the Facebook page so everybody can see them. But, yeah. Um, there was this mama seagull, and her babies. Oh, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, and they were on like the roof. There was no nest or anything because seagulls don't make nests. They, right. They usually they go ground or rocks or yeah. something like that. But this was a bunch of rocks on a rooftop. A flat rooftop. So they just use search and they blend right in. Uh huh. They blend right in. So we watched for days. He was there for, I think, four days. So we watched for days. The seagull, you know, would come and check on our babies, and then they'd hide, and you know, they they'd go out and venture every once in a while on the rainy days. He'd never seen them because they would literally just sit in the same spot. Like, oh my goodness, yeah, Yeah, it was super cool. Yeah, it was super cool. That is kind of cool. I love. He's fine. Everything's good. He's he's out of the hospital and and everything's everything's good. He's got a follow up appointment, but hasn't had any symptoms since. And he's actually started eating a lot healthier because he is counting his fats. Yeah. So, like, my wife has been doing this Weight Watchers thing. Yeah. Where she has to count her points, right? And every different thing equals a different point, blah, blah, blah. He's definitely his mama's boy. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, he's so been, cute, too. He, he is. <laughs> and he's been playing around with this, you know, oh, well, I had this many points, like, uh-huh. pretending, right? Right. But now he's actually, he gets to count points. Yeah. And we've gone around and we've written the amount of fats on everything yeah. that he would eat. Perfect. And literally, you ask him, like, because we hadn't asked him for a while, and yesterday's came up, and I was like, well, how many points do you have? Because he wanted ice cream. Uh-huh. So, well, how many points do you have? He, he knew it. He was uh-huh. right there. He knew exactly how many points he had. Yeah. He said, I've only had 16, <clears throat> and I get to have 55. <laughs> so I've got plenty of points left for ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> when when we saw him, I said to him, how you doing? I mean, he comes out shining, because right. he shines yeah, anyway. Yeah, he is. He's always like... And so I said, how you doing? How you feeling? Really good. I can only have 50, 50 grams of fat. And I said... And what does that look like? Like, what does 50 grams of fat look like as a diet? He goes, I can have a cheeseburger. <laughs> I yeah, can have that, pizza. That, because that was his big thing. Like, yeah. I remember when, because oh he yeah. called me afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mac and cheese and the cheeseburgers. He's like, I, I want to be able to have those. He's like, you know, that, yeah. that was his yeah. thing. Pizza and mac and cheese and cheeseburgers. Yeah. Those yeah. are the three things. Like, it was, it was tragic, honestly. Because <laughs> yeah. the whole time we, okay, so... He was in the hospital for a total of six days. He was in one hospital for like a day and a half, and they transferred him to the children's hospital. So in the first hospital, he was really too sick to feel anything. You know, he was just, he was not comfortable. Yeah. The second one, they started to really get him to a better place. You know, they gave him some 
pain meds that oh, he didn't good. really like, but they worked, and you know they were able to mess around with that a little bit to keep him comfortable enough. They were able to teach him like a pain scale so that he could control that himself too. You know, nice. he could say like, "I'm at this number, I'm at this number." So that was super cool. But the whole time. He was talking about what he was going to have when we got out. Yeah. (laughs) Because this entire time, he was not able to eat. He wasn't able to eat until the last day. So he went six days without consuming food. I mean, he was getting nutrients. He was getting food. Yeah, through the IV. He went six days without putting food in his mouth, chewing it, and swallowing. Enjoying the feeling, the taste, the pleasure, the feeling of full in the belly yeah. so probably the last three days we were there all he would talk about was he wanted to go to red robin hmm. because he knows that they offer unlimited mac and cheese and that's one so of his favorites they have right. you know unlimited fries for everybody it's one of their big things but for kids they have an endless mac and cheese bowl yes so that's awesome he would go through like Three or four of those. I mean, we would have to tell him to stop. Right? <laughs> like that. So, so the day before we left, the nutritionist came in <laughs> and <laughs> went just through this with him, and he he just deflated. Oh, like, he was like it sounded so awful. And then we were able to like do some actual counting and stuff with him, like of the numbers, and that's when we got into that. Yeah. Right. He was able to see that, you know, if he had like this, then this meal would be okay, but maybe not five bowls of this meal. Right. Maybe a bowl or mm-hmm. two bowls if your numbers are really low. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he's also learning that moderation, which is also helpful. I mean, very. I'm very overweight, you know, my wife, she's not really, she's one of these people that can be skinny. Yeah, I can't. I'm not can be skinny. Right. I'm not one of those people, <laughs> yeah. I'm not either, I'm not either. I've weighed the same, okay, so I weighed like 250 pounds at, I think, 13 years old. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I weigh 248 pounds today. Yeah. Now you've grown a little bit, right? You, you've gotten a little taller, yeah. so it looks, you know, yeah, yeah, right. But that's a that's a two pound difference. Yeah, right, right. It's time to strap in for this week's deep dive. Uh, so today I thought um, for our deep dive conversation, I know we mentioned uh, communicating and reasoning with ego regularly during the podcast, and I don't know that I always understand all of the that goes into that, and mm-hmm. I thought it would be really interesting to, to explore that and how we each go through that. Yeah. So, Lori, I know that you talk about that, I think, more than anybody else yeah. at the table. So Yeah. It's been the, it's been the key tool that I've been using the most since winter. Mm-hmm. So... So how that looks for me is like, like, let's just say somebody has triggered me or Mm -hmm. something has triggered me. So my ego will tell me shit that's ridiculous. My ego is that piece of my brain. So your ego says shit and you're like, man, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Often. No, no, my ego, (laughs) my ego will say things like this person just treated you really poorly. You should not like them for that. Um, my ego will say things like, oh, look at how this person is trying to make you mad. Right. Just like they got up that morning just to piss me off, right? That's where I, st- I need to really start reasoning with the thoughts that come into my head. And what does that look like? Like, I mean, how, how do you do that? What do you say to yourself during those moments? And how do you catch yourself? Well, that's the thing. Catching myself has been easier. You know, like I said, I've been doing this consistently since winter because I'm really working on being present Mm -hmm. and you have to be present to catch yourself so that's one of the things that I'm working on well let's go let's go back to an actual uh uh, conversation that we actually had okay when you and Eddie were having that issue and you had poured out your heart on to him and he immediately just turned around and asked you to and you were like I want to hate this motherfucker oh yeah I wanted to really bad you know, so yeah. your, your ego was telling you what your ego was telling you my ego was telling me that this person doesn't care about me mm-hmm. 
that this person is not safe. Right. That this person would just as soon I'm be dead tomorrow. Right. Or right now, for that matter. Right. That I matter so little to this person who loves me dearly and, but, and, and, and puts up the, with my weirdness right. all the time. <laughs> right. And so those are the thoughts that immediately come into They your head. come into my head cool. instantaneously. And you're able to catch them because you know. Because I'm working on being present. Right. And so if I'm working on being present, then I'm working on being conscious of myself. Yeah. And if I know yesterday before he said these things that he loves me, then there's no way that shifted that quickly. Right. Well, because the, the ego is a, has a fragile grasp fragile. on our situational lifestyle. You yeah. Know? Well, your yeah. ego's young. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's when I start saying, all right, he's human, I'm human. Mm -hmm. I try to look at why I've had this instant, you're the enemy. Right. My ego would take me there every time. You're the enemy. You're the enemy. You're the enemy. If you're not with me, you're against me. Right. (laughs) You know, so that's where my ego goes often. So I have to look at that. Like, what, what makes me tick? That's what I do first. What makes me tick? So, like, what in that situation has set you off? Yep. Okay. Yeah. And where did that come from? Yeah. And why did I learn to get so angry? Okay. And so then the situation. That's yeah. That, that's where that situation, that past situation. Is. Yep. Yeah. And then I step back and say, if he's if he's my mirror, because I do this with everybody. This is a good good exercise for me. Mm-hmm. If they're my mirror right now, what am I learning from this? All right. Well, he is me. If he's my mirror, he is me. You know, he has things in his life, too, that will do the same thing to him. Right. So in this moment, he's showing me what it's like for him when I do this to him. Right, right. Because we do this to each other all the time. I mean, it's you can't live with each other and not do this shit. Right. <laughs> so So what do you, so, so you, you, you come to the understanding that... Understanding is very necessary for yeah. me. And then I just start loving myself. It's really important. So what I do is, okay, this is the trigger. This made me feel unsafe. Like, say, if he asked me to drive in the dark. Yeah. Let's take that, because I can't see well. So if he asked me to drive in the dark, then he must not care if I crash my car. Because how many times do I have to tell this motherfucker that it's like driving with your goddamn eyes closed? (laughs) You know, and those things, right? And then I'm like, well, but wait a minute. He doesn't know what it's like to not see in the dark. So he may not ever really fully understand that I can't see in the dark. And because he can see in the dark, he probably forgets that I can't. Because it's not part of his reality every single minute of the day. So it doesn't have to be ever present in his head. Because he has other things that are ever present in his head. So I understand that piece of it. But why why did that make me feel like he didn't care about me? That's the biggest piece. I got to go back to find that. That's usually somewhere in your childhood you've been exposed to something or you internalized something as someone who you looked towards for protection doesn't care whether you're safe or not. So that's the kid I need to talk to. That's the kid that's on screech right now saying, he's a bad person and he doesn't care about you. That's the kid I need to talk to. So I take her by the hand. That's my ego right there. That's that child that I need to nurture and love. So the ego is the girl. The ego is... The younger girl. Yeah, yeah. the younger girl. That learned to be very angry very quick to get her to get herself out of situations where she thought doing that would save her. Yeah. So that's the kid I need to talk to. And that's what I do. I start talking to that kid. Like I would my child or yeah. my niece or my nephew. And I ask her, you know, how she's feeling. And I want to know her story, and I let her tell me her story. And I give to her what she... this is all internal. Internally. Internal dialogue. And I'm really visual, too, so that helps me because I actually have a picture and the internal dialogue. So I can... I can visualize it. I really can. I can see myself talking to that little version of me. Right. And then I start giving her what she needs, support... You know, you're safe and I'm here for you. And I also tell her, look at us now. We made it. Right. (laughs) You know, we made it. Look how far we've come. So, yeah, I tell her, look at us now. We made it. We don't have to have this this mindset. This mindset actually holds us back. You know, from experience and true love and true joy. And so that's part of the reason. And 
a big portion of it is loving that part of myself that wants me to disassociate myself from everybody because they aren't safe. Right. And that's really a big thing with me. Like, trust, trusting people is a big thing. And so anytime something comes up where my ego can say, look, you shouldn't trust them. They don't care. It will. It will because it's a big thing with me. But loving her is important. You know, you're lovable, you're you're a good person, people do care about you. This might have happened then, but then look at what happened here. Yeah. And somebody actually stepped in to help you, and I point those things out, and point out all of the good things that people have brought to me. It's not, you know, my ego would make it sound like everything was bad, but there's a lot of good, and that has to come in and with the reasoning. Right. And, about a year and a half ago, give or take, I keep a journal, um, and sometimes it's I won't touch it for a long time, and then I'll just start, you know, working on a piece, something that comes up for me. And I was going through this really wonderful growing space, and I started a um, like a section called Conversation with Ego, and for me, it was very much the that piece that you just stated. It's it was the so this is happening now. This is why I'm feeling it, but this is how many times it has been proven wrong mm. since. You know, mm-hmm. I have just had an interaction with somebody. I am now feeling unloved. No one really cares about me. I'm unlovable. This is not a great thing. I'm never going to be good enough. Whatever it is, and then I can sit there and go, okay, so really think about how many times I have been proven that I am lovable. People love me. I am safe. I continually tell me that on a regular basis. Yeah, me too. When I'm talking to my ego, it's it's a lot of it is, you know, it's it's you are safe. I no longer have to keep myself safe from this space. I can open myself up to criticism, critique, and, and, and experiences that, frankly, scare the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. You know? And right now, like, a big part of right now what's going on for me is... You know, I'm, I'm sitting in this depression, and, and in general, I would run away from that. My ego would just pull, no, this feels bad, this feels bad. But then I would sit in it for so much longer mm. instead of taking those catalyzing events that have put me over the top, those things that have happened, and and working with them. So my conversation with ego has really been all about every time that we pull away, it lasts so much longer if we just work with this, not push through it either, because right. that, that doesn't that help doesn't... either. But if we work through this, every time we do that, we feel so much better on the other side, and we don't have to feel this pain at this level again. Mm-hmm. We can really do the work. So that's how I have reasoned with my ego to kind of bring myself back into this space, because you know, when you're in a depression or you're in a in a a long-term trauma space. Mm-hmm. It for me anyway. I the ego like just basically takes over. It like anything it can do. It's like a cat caught in a cage that is filling up with water and it's clawing at the sides, trying anything it can do to keep you away or keep mm-hmm. me away from from that emotional piece. I know <clears throat> when I first started uh, becoming aware of ego, it was surprising to me because it was the part of me that I hated the most. Yeah. You know, and I had always been under this impression that I was, you know, just this free soul and (laughs) could do what I wanted to do and I didn't have to live because it didn't matter. It was just a body anyway. But I mean, it was this very, like, very separated and there was a lot of disdain for my ego. And then as I started to work with it, I started to realize that I was in that ego. Mm Mm-hmm by having that disdain for the ego. Mm. And when I was able to accept that, I was able to start really separating who I was from who I needed to be or who I should have been, Mm -hmm. right? And that was really helpful. And I think through that process, for me, a lot of times, you know, my ego is still very injured, Yeah. Mm -hmm. right? Um, so it'll be things like, you know, I'll just, uh, kick them. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, if the, if whatever, like, mm-hmm. if the, the dog's not doing what you want it to do, just get something really hard and beat it, you know? Like, right. Because of course the dog is not, is disobeying on purpose because and, it's you. Well, and it's, it doesn't matter. Oh, oh okay. It doesn't matter. It, the dog is making me not happy. 
right. so I'm going to destroy it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's that's how my ego sounds. Mm-hmm. My ego is not not a pleasant one. So for me, it's really comfortable to know that I'm not part of that. Yeah. So I I get a lot of relief from having that separation, from understanding that I am something different than my ego. Mm-hmm. But that my ego is required to, you know, get through life, right. right? Because my ego is the part of me that's outside. So I have to find a good part of it. And that's where I've done a lot of my my work with my ego is to try to find the good part of my ego mm-hmm. that was mine, you know, and not the part of my ego that took on mom and dad and all these other awful things. Right. But the part that is as pure as I am. Mm-hmm. The healthy right? parts. Yeah. I love that. So in, in my work to do that, you know, I've got sort of these two lines of ego. I've got the one ego that says, you know, this person is like blocking my way in the doorway, so I should literally just push them to the ground and walk over them. Yeah. Or the part of me that says, you know, this person hurt my feelings, mm-hmm. right? Those are two different types of ego now yeah. for me. So the one that says push the person and won't trample them, that one has actually become almost silly to me. Mm-hmm. Like I've done a lot of work to get over the fact that that is not my voice. Yes. So now when I hear that, it's still present, but it's kind of like a funny thing to me. Yeah. Right. right? It's that other part that I'm still learning to communicate with. It's the it's the part that is genuine, mm-hmm. um, that does really feel hurt or does really feel whatever it might be, mm-hmm. and coming to to grips with that communication between that part of me, the part of me that is really authentic, right? But maybe not truly me you know what Mm -hmm. i mean like so if i've got my center self right Mm -hmm. and that's like who i am below ego right and then i've got my ego self and now that's like two different clouds well the the cloud of trample the person i don't really have to deal with but the other cloud i do have to deal with yeah and i do have to work with that cloud And that's where a lot of my work has happened between that authentic ego and my authentic self is who are you, right? Learning to even figure out what that is, what that ego is, and and the introductions and the, the comfort of getting to know that it's okay that I have these, um, victim feelings or, Mm -hmm. you know, these, um, it's usually that's it for me like that victim that powerlessness right those are the ego things and that there is a part of me that does feel that yeah you know and my a lot of my work is with that authentic self telling that authentic ego you know it's okay like be that feel that experience that and kind of nurturing my ego through that process so that my ego can experience it and we can move forward. Yeah. Because that's usually where, that's where my gears grind to a halt oftentimes. Mm-hmm. And that's always what it is. It's always that, that authentic ego that I'm just not seeing yeah. or that I'm not honoring. Yeah. So one of the things that, uh, Jason, you brought up and, and, and Laura, you did too to a certain extent, is, is that authentic, that, that double parts of the ego. I think it's really important when we have conversations like this. And I know that I thought in the very beginning that we needed to murder our egos, like completely kill our egos. And I think there's a lot out there that oh, says, yeah. you know, kill yeah. your ego. Oh, yeah. the ego is bad. Right, and the ego is an essential part of who we are mm-hmm. um, on so many levels. And I think, what, and we've kind of made the distinction, you have your superficial ego, which is yeah. that, that part that blows everything up and is unhealthy. Yeah. And then you have your, your healthy, your authentic ego, yeah. which is, you know, deals with the more healthier way of, of, of your truer pain. experience. Yeah, yeah. truer experience of the pain and, and, and what you're dealing with. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's important to, to delineate too. Yeah. The, it's interesting how 
each of us like deal with our triggers and what triggers those egos so much like for me it's I really want to just escape I don't want to deal with Mm -hmm. you know and you're sitting there talking about you know you want to head you know hit things head on and just like slam people to the floor and trample them Um, and that's just it's such a different way of of living and, and thinking about that I would never have thought yeah because yeah, no, my ego is very aggressive. Because that Mine was too. that was the parental unit, right? right. That was the yeah. that was yeah. It's, yeah. That's that your parents' voice, shown. right? Yeah. And my parents' voice was lay down and play dead, right? You know, or get as far away from it as possible, right? You know, mm. and then yours is like oh, a mine's aggressive. Yeah, I can uh, I can right? relate <laughs> so much with Jason on the plow them over, right? <laughs> Topple them yeah. and don't look back. Screw right. them. And I used to say to Jason years ago, we'd be talking and I'd say, and this is not who I am. Right. You know, at, at least I had gotten to a point in my life where I realized that. But I will tell you, as I said earlier, you know, with you guys, I went through a b- big portion of my life reacting and not knowing the difference. Right. And I yeah. really felt like yeah. sometimes that's who I was and sometimes this is who I am and how can I be this and that too and... I never understood myself because yeah yeah and you know and and I never understood it and now knowing what ego is the superficial the survival understanding the triggers why we become that way how we become that way why we adopt or or rebel and understanding Uh, that we're safe while we're dealing with that pain yeah it's really you know it's it's powerful the the ego that you have to look at is not the loudest one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's where you find peace. Yeah. You know, that's that's where you're able to accept yourself and love yourself. I think some of the tools, um, just to get kind of of clear about the tools. So I think some of it is that visualization that Lori's talking about and having a conversation as if it's a totally separate person. Yeah. Um and that's good. A lot of people will get to this place of like, uh, I feel inauthentic about it because mm-hmm. they just think they're talking to themselves. Right. Which you are talking yeah. to yourself, but it's it helps. the Doing that visualization and doing that conversation helps you separate your authentic self from that part of you that needs to go out of you, that ego part. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that has a lot of merit. Um, some of the other things that you can use is um, mindfulness techniques. So that would be what Ed was kind of talking about a little bit is, yeah. you know, is this true? Is what's coming out of my mind true? Mm-hmm. Is it accurate? Is it, is it, if I step back and I say that or somebody, you know, I pretend somebody says that to me, is that, yeah. how would I respond to that? Would I be like, eh, or would I be like, you know, oh yeah, I really believe that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's that's sort of like a mindfulness, a reality checking type thing. Um, another reality checking type thing that you could do is, you know, play it out. Like you give yourself whatever this message is, mm-hmm. play that message out in your head. See how ridiculous you can get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Blow like, it up. The right. worst case scenario. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And then you look at that and it's like a movie. It's so unreal. Yeah. And then you can step back and say, okay, so that was not right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. That was not it. Yeah. So this is not true. You know, we can start to have that conversation. Yeah. And then the only other one that I think of right off the top of my head would be sort of the journaling exercise. Yeah, that's a good one. In in this journaling exercise, what you're going to do is you're going to journal what you're feeling unabated just straight out you know no matter how nasty that message is no matter how good it is whatever it is without judgment just writing it down yeah and then going back after a few hours maybe the next day and then reading those messages and then checking in you know is that real no it's not real this is the part of me that i can then do that work around to mm-hmm. help support you know that this is not real anymore or whatever right. Um, so those would be some tools that I could, yeah. I'd recommend. And the journal ones are really cool because in the moment, 
it gives you something to do yeah. in that moment. And it gets it out. And it gets it out. And then you go back the next day and you can almost laugh. Um, yeah. If you're as ridiculous as I am when you're in it. Because some of the stuff I've written down, I read it and I'm like, oh my God. Who the hell and, said that? <laughs> right? Yeah. Who stole my mouth and yeah. used those words? <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, and that's relieving. That's like... To be able to go back from that out of the moment and say, oh, my God, look at that. And look, I didn't do any of those things. Right, right. You know, I didn't do any of that. That's just me blowing off steam. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And be able to see it for what it really is. And I, I do laugh at my shit because some of the stuff that I write is just over the top crazy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully that this will be helpful for some, for some yeah. people out there who are just starting on their journey or continuing in... Oops. Yeah, 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 because we always come back around. Right. Buckle up for this segment of Off the Rails. Uh, so today, <laughs> for Off the Rails, uh, we're going to play a game called Anyone's Guess. Uh, it's um, yeah, I know this is this is my this is my voice, the voice for off the rails, the the announcer voice. So Jason, today we have a subject. What subject are we looking at today? <laughs> well, I'm gonna I've got the top five modalities for healing, and I'm gonna see if you guys can get them right. All right. Cool. Okay. So this is what we'll do. The top five answers are on the board. <laughs> I'll, I'll, we'll try to guess number one, uh-huh. right? And I'll tell you if it's on the list, but not in that position. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. All right. And then I will tell you if you're right. Okay. 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 So I'll keep score. Right now, Ed and Lori are both at zero. <laughs> yes. All right. The first number one healing modality is energy work. Well, yeah, but I think they were looking oh, for something specific. Oh, do I have to be specific? specific? All five of these are energy work. Okay. <laughs> well, I know a lot of people love crystal healing. So you're going to say crystal healing? I'm going to say Reiki because it's it's like my thing, generally speaking. Yes. So Reiki. Reiki is number one. Is Woo-hoo! Nice. Go for Reiki. All right. Yeah. So Ed gets a point. All right. Uh, number two. I'm still sticking with my crystals because I do the Reiki and the crystals. Crystals is on the list. It is on the yeah. list. But it yes. is not number two. But it's not, it's number, not two, number two. So How about EFT. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. No. No. Polarity. This is one of the ones I didn't think you guys were gonna. Ah. Uh, oh really? Is okay. It, it's, so it's not polarity. No. Ho'oponopono. Oh, is it acupuncture? I'm gonna give you that acupressure. It's pranic healing. Oh, okay. 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 Which is both of those. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, acupe- yep. Acupressure. Acupuncture. Okay. Nice right. job. Good yeah. job, Lori. Yeah. All right. So High you five. just got a point. Uh, number three. Number three. EFT. No. Crystal healing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> is it? It's number three. Crystal right, healing. Number three. Awesome. I, I, I stole uh, that one because it had to be. You know. Yeah. A stolen point for Ed. <laughs> right. Stolen point for Ed. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Number four. Are we looking at essences? No. No? No. Okay. Oh, that would have been a good one, too. Yeah, that would have been, yeah. This is the other one. That you didn't think we were going to get. That we're going to get. All right. Something we wouldn't get. Yoga. But something that you both do. Oh, meditation? No. Something that we both do? Something you both do. Channeling? We talk about it often. But you guys never put it in this context. I do, but you don't. Okay. Huh. Okay. So is it is it the counseling, the reasoning? Nope. That type of stuff? Nope. So, and it's not journeying, and it's not meditation. Earthing. Ah. Ah, damn. No, grounding. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, I was mm. thinking that earthing maybe might have been the thing. We all do it, and we talk about it, even. We talk about this? Animal therapy? No. Uh, yoga with goats? Yoga with bunnies? <laughs> um, have you seen that? And know that there are two more things on the list, and I still haven't said that you, like, you've gotten it, but it's oh, not on the list. Okay. Right. Everything you've mentioned thus far so is EF, not on the list. EFT. Oh, that's crazy. Um, 
Oh, God, I don't remember everything I've said. <laughs> We're on four, right? Yep, number four. Okay. We've so. got Reiki, Pranic Healing, Crystal Healing. Um, I gave you guys a, a hint about this yeah. one, but it was it was it, it was, was over our head. Yeah, apparently because we didn't pick up on the hint. Something that is considered a healing art form that that we don't that we both do. This, is it is it like focused intentions? No. No. Manifestation work. Nope. Positive affirmations. You typically would talk about... The, are you ready for another quote? Yeah, we're, yes. we're ready for another quote. Right. Yeah. You typically would talk about this in the context of using the word multi in front of it. Oh, oh, stillness. The stillness point, being present. I've never heard of multi-stillness oh. multi-presence. <laughs> oh, because I know that... Those when typically infer that you're more right, than one right. being. Right, because I, <laughs> I was thinking of Let when we're get... talking about trying to get out of the brain doing multitasking right. and multi-things, bringing us to the still That's point. Right. Bring, bring all of the multiple personalities down into down one. Down to right. one. Yeah. yeah, okay, so... Um, multi, you guys are making me laugh. Multi you're all around it. <laughs> multi-systemic therapy. <laughs> MST, no. MST, no. Um, good Lord, this is weird. Yeah. I haven't thought of MST in a long... That's, a, that's an old therapy. It is an old therapy. Multi, when we typically use the word multi. Right, multi. But you guys don't. I do. You do. You remember, you, you do this, but you don't typically ever recognize or call it what, what it is. Right. Okay. Maybe we don't know what it is. Yeah, maybe we don't know the correct name for it at all, right? So you're giving up? Totally? I don't know. Well, I don't know that we want to give up just yet. Okay. No, no, no. Right. We're, we're, we might want another hint. All right. <laughs> Three hints. Three okay. hints. Let me know when you're ready for the third hint. I think we need it. Because I just gave you the second. I know. Right. Multi, multi, multinational healing, uh, you know, something that we do. Yeah. I'm sure the listeners at home are like screaming this aloud. Right? Or something. Probably. Oh my They're gosh. probably like, are you fucking kidding? It's like we always do that. Like I do that when, when I'm watching yeah. TV. And yep. like at a game show, I'm like, it's this answer. Yeah. Why are you not listening? Um, I feel like my brain's completely dead on this one. Um, yeah. Multi. All right. Now, you guys both. Intuitive healing? No. Oh, damn. No. You guys both oftentimes have seen. You, you guys have both seen like comic book stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So. Here's your next hint. Okay. Oh boy. In the DC universe. Oh god. Oh. Sacred geometry and working. You're getting uh, so I'm getting close. so close. Yeah, because what we do symbols, multi-dimensional symbols, and, yeah. multi-dimensional therapy. Yes, oh my and god. we do that yeah. all the time. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, quantum Ooh, healing. Yes, quantum I healing. love yeah. that. We do that constantly. And you know, it's right. And you're right. I don't think of it necessarily as a modality as such. Yeah. yeah. I think of it more as like just a you know way of life, a way of thinking, yes. and so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah, I love that. That's awesome. That's one of the top five. Cool. Now we're on top five. We've listed off a lot of shit that's not on there. Yes. Right. Yes, you have. So you have the you the closest you've gotten to this was one guess that would be a parallel type therapy but you've only guessed that one time and you've multiple you've had multiple right you know reoccurring for, guesses for number five so okay you've only guessed one thing that's close to this okay and the one thing that we guessed wasn't the essences which are very nope. popular today the hoffman process nope psycho spiritual integration nope okay damn ho'oponopono um uh yeah that's another thing I said. that's a really good one um Hmm. So let's see. Is it something that we do, do you think? Do we get a hint? Is it something that we practice? Well, we've already mentioned it. Well, we've all seen so it. So if we mentioned it, we probably do practice it. We've all seen it. We've all seen it. No, you haven't mentioned it. You've mentioned something that's parallel. Is it sound healing? Oh. oh, I thought by the look no. on your face, Jason, that she she had gotten it. I'm yeah, because like, yes. that's a really good form of healing, too. And um, it's not medium or channeling? No. Is it massage? No. Polarity. I said that already. No. Okay. That's actually, that's like the third time. Yeah. Yeah, you know. I know, we're getting so excited, we're being very repetitive. Um, 
Well, that's, that's the whole point is to be excited, not necessarily in our, in our uh, you know, intellectual minds. Okay. Um, so this is, a, this is a whole area of energy therapy that you really haven't even touched on yet. Hmm. Except what was the one I don't guess? consider these, these clues at all. Yeah. So, so we let guessed, me know when you're ready for an actual clue. We guessed a lot of things. We guessed EFT. We guessed... Oh, you did mention essences. So aromatherapy. No. Yeah. It. Uh, no, it would, I would have given you that. Okay. One. Yeah. Um, that was the yeah, only one that I could I think of thinking, that you mentioned once was essence. Yeah. No, no. And I was like, okay, you said no, not essence. One of you threw it out jokingly as we were going through these. Oh, shit. We threw it out. It's yoga. Well, yoga. Um, yoga with goats. I mean, goats with yoga. Goats. Yoga with goats. That's it. Yoga with bunnies. Oh, oh, there's a, there's a look. There is a there's look. There's a look. Oh, no, I'm giving it away. <laughs> <laughs> there is a look. We're getting close there. Yoga with goat. Um, yeah, so Right, so you fl- mentioned right. yoga with goats. Yeah. Right. But what did I say? I didn't say it it's wasn't like, what you mentioned. Yeah, you right, said it, it was, was the opposite. Akin to yeah, you said it was like on the other end of parallel, the scale. Parallel. Parallel to that. So the same basic thing, just different. Equine therapy. No. That's a really good one, though. That is a, that good, is one, a good one. One of my participants. You went in the that. totally opposite uh, direction, though. Yeah. Okay, so I went with the animals as right. opposed to the. Okay, so we're, we're looking for yoga. Yeah. Uh, tantra. Um, uh, that's a healing modality. Yoga, yeah. the Tantra. Well, I mean, you know, they're, 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 they're parallel ish. Yeah. They're kind of the same thing in different places. Um, um, oh, cheapas. You guys have both is seen it, this. Is it like Tai Chi or Kwai Gong? Qigong. That's it. It's Qigong. Qigong. Yeah, that's go. awesome. So that's number five. That's a really good one, that's too. Number that's number five. So, yeah, no EFT, no animal therapy, no aromatherapy. Yeah. Like all of these things that I, w- I use more often than I on. do. Right. I use yeah, a lot I'm of that. on here. So yeah. I thought it was a little funny list. Yeah. Right. Well, Very good. That and, was fun. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think for this stuff, I mean, it, it really goes to show what is making its way into, yeah. you know, the cultural consciousness. Yeah. You know, versus... Yeah. Well, and I mean, the the article that this list came from was supposed to be the five most effective healing. Oh, uh, okay. Modalities. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed the show today. Remember, you can always reach out to us through our Facebook page at Stumbling Through Enlightenment. Follow us on Twitter at Stumbling, T-H-R-O-U-2. Go to our website to check out more episodes and information about us personally. That is stumblingthroughenlightenment.squarespace.com. You can also reach out to us directly at stumblingthroughenlightenment at gmail.com. That's it for today. Have a great week.